Bible says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. And they were so uh, reverent in their worship of what they didn't know, they capitalized it on their marker where they were worshiping this God that they had known nothing about. They, they put to the unknown God in capital letters. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Aren't you glad Jesus isn't a long way off? Verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He was talking about an unknown God. He was talking about a God that they revered so highly they would put the inscription in capital letters. And yet this unknown God that they knew nothing about, that they knew was there, the Bible says their poets wrote about it and said, we're his offspring. Here's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be the offspring of I don't know. I don't want to be the offspring of I want to be the offspring of Jesus Christ. I want to be a child of the living God. I came with one purpose today, and that's to do what Paul did. I came today to declare Jesus. If you would lay your Bibles down, let's lift our hands and ask God to have His way. God, we thank You so much for everything that You've already accomplished. We thank You, God, for everything, Lord, that You're doing here. I ask You, God, that You would anoint me today to deliver this message. I ask You, God, that You would anoint every ear, every heart, every mind. You knew who would be here today, God. We didn't. You knew the Word that needed to be preached today, God. I ask You that You would help us and anoint us and use us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Verse 22, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. And I find it interesting in the day that we live in. It would be easy to gather together this amount of people and to come into these. <laughs> we got more than four walls. But to come into this space and it just be us and we just hang out. And we could do that. It wouldn't be scriptural, but we could do that, and we could come together, and we could just make sure all of us make it to heaven, 
But there's a city that we live in that needs to know about Jesus. There's a county that we live in that needs to know about Jesus. There's a state that we live in that needs to know about Jesus. There's a world going to hell that needs to know about Jesus. We can't keep Jesus to ourselves if we have to go to Mars Hill. Mars Hill is where the idolaters met. What's a man of God doing in Mars Hill? He's going to declare Jesus. What's a man of God doing in a place that Jesus would never never seem to be at? He's going to tell somebody who was worshiping something they didn't know about what they didn't know about. He was going to Mars Hill to proclaim Jesus is God. He's the God that you're worshiping and you don't even realize it. You know why they put the letters in capital letters? Because that's what in the Old Testament they did to the name of Jehovah. They capitalized it and didn't even know who they were talking about. Paul came on the scene and said, let me tell you who you're talking about. That's what I came to do today. I came to proclaim to Lebanon. I'm preaching in the Spirit today. I'm preaching to us, but I'm preaching to our city today. I want to proclaim to Lebanon, Tennessee, Jesus is Lord. I want to proclaim to Lebanon, Tennessee, it doesn't matter what you don't know. It doesn't matter who you don't know. I want Lebanon to know who Jesus is. Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Everybody say superstitious. We read that and we think, well, I'm not superstitious. Black cat walks in front of me. It don't bother me. That's not what it's talking about. Let me read you that scripture and some other translations. One translation says this, I perceive that ye are very religious. Everybody say religious. One other translation says, I see that ye are very religious. Everybody say religious. Another translation says this, I see how very religious you are in every way. Everybody say every way. Religion ain't going to save nobody. Religion ain't how you get to heaven. You can have all the religion in the world and still be lost. One version says this, men of Athens, I see that you are very religious. The Message Bible puts it this way, It is plain to see that you Athenians take your religion seriously. They did. They took it very serious. So serious that they had idols rose up to all of the gods that they could find and know about. And yet, to the unknown God, they didn't know nothing about Him. And yet their poets said, we're His offspring. The the one we don't know nothing about, that's that's my daddy right there. Listen, we live in an age of information. We have no excuse today to not know who Jesus is except this one thing. How shall they hear without a preacher? And that ain't talking about behind this pulpit. That's talking about you on your job. That's talking about you in your school. That's talking about you. That's talking about you when you go to the store. How are they going to know about Jesus if they don't see him in you and hear about him from you? Come on now. We've got a city to save. We've got a city to be a light to. 
Paul said, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. You're too religious. You're just trying to, you're trying to check all the boxes, but you really don't have a relationship with that unknown God. You know what's going to take to get us to heaven? A relationship with a known God. You're going to have to have a relationship with the God of heaven if you're going to make heaven your home. You're going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you're going to make heaven your home. He said, I passed by and beheld your devotions. They were devoted to it. Devotion ain't going to get you to heaven. Now, you need to be devoted. You need to be devoted to living for God, but your devotion alone ain't going to get you there. He said, I found an altar. Everybody say an altar. We preach altars. We got two here. I hope you got one at home. I hope you got one in your car. I hope you got one on your job. I hope you got one walking down the street. I, I got a bunch of them out in the woods all over Tennessee. That's where I deer hunt. But if you don't have an altar, you don't have a relationship with God. And that's why He's unknown to you. If you don't have an altar, that's why you're worshiping an unknown God. Because it's only at the altar, when we put ourselves on the altar and we put self aside and we take up His Spirit, that's when we begin to have a relationship with Him. That's when we begin to know Him. What did He say? Take my yoke upon you and... Well, I heard it. Learn of me. We don't know how to live for God. You don't get born knowing how to live for God. That's why you got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. He said, you ignorantly worship Him. I'm going to declare Him to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, the Bible says this, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. How many are recipients of mercy today? Every hand in the house ought to already be up. Because if it wasn't for His mercy this morning, I wouldn't be standing here. But thank God when I woke up, mercy was right there waiting on me. Mercy said, good morning. He's going to give you another day. You, you, you come to the place where you can have mercy applied to your life. We have this ministry. Everybody say, it's a ministry. What is? Mercy is a ministry. You want mercy? You better give mercy. Verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestations of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. I'm just cornbread. If you came to hear some eloquent speech, you're in the wrong place. I didn't come to impress nobody. I came to try to do the will of God. I came to preach the Word of God. And it may not be any other way that you've ever heard it before because I, I, I'm not, I, I grew up in Clydeville, all right? I don't have all those fancy words. But I got the Word. And we didn't come to try to trick anybody. We're not walking in craftiness. I don't have a problem with questions. You got a question, ask. I might not be able to answer it, but I'll find the answer right here in the book. Everybody say the book. It's time we get back to the book. Somebody said Amen nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestations of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience. We don't necessarily commend ourselves to ourselves. That's what's wrong with America. We talked about it in the Be Free class today. We're supposed to be worried about everybody else, whether they know about Jesus or not. He gave me a revelation. Anybody got a revelation of the mighty God in Christ? Yes, we got a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. What are we going to do with it now? we got to carry it to somebody else. But, verse 3, 
How could it be an unknown God? How could there be to these people an unknown God? Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So these people who worship this unknown God, these people who who paid obedience, uh, uh, who worship this unknown God at an altar, wasn't doing them any good. It didn't do them a lick of good because they didn't know Him. It was hid to them. So if the gospel is hid to them, they're lost. Do you have a burden for your neighbor? Do you have a burden for your brother? Do you have a burden for your family member? Do you have a burden for your co-worker? If they don't know this gospel, they're lost. And friend, we're living in the last of the last days. We're not waiting on the last days to get here. They're building the temple over in Israel. They're already working on it. They're already getting ready to go into the next dispensation. Are you ready to go into the next dispensation? Because I'm waiting on the trumpet to sound. I'm waiting to step on the wings of the wind. I'm ready to go see Jesus face to face face if our gospel be hid it's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of who Christ lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the what image of God who is the image of God Christ who is the image of God Jesus Christ lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should sign unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for His sake. I'm not here to build me a kingdom. I'm not here to try to get me something. I'm, not, I'm trying to save people before Jesus comes back so that they can be saved with me. You ought to be the same. Every one of us ought to be the same. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. The light doesn't have an option. You go into a dark room and you flip a switch. If the bulb ain't burnt, the light's going to come on. You walk into somebody's dark life and you throw the switch. It don't matter if the bulbs burn out or not. The light's going to come on. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? Where is the glory of God? In the face of Jesus Christ. You know where you're going to find God? Jesus. You know who is the image of God? Jesus. You know where you're going to meet God? Jesus. But there's people walking all around. There's people all over our city. There's people all over our world. They got a fish on their bumper. They got a cross hanging on their mirror. But they ain't got a clue who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Verse 24 of our text. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth. Who is Lord of heaven and earth? God. What did God do? He made the world and all the things therein. Come on, I'm proclaiming Jesus to us today. I want us to see Jesus today. Verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Who made everything? 
Who was the creator of everything? John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Who made everything? The Word. Say the Word. That word, Word, in the Greek is logos, logos. It means concept. It means idea. When you get in a Ford, it's got a Ford emblem on it. That's supposed to give you the idea that it's the best thing to drive. Some people have a slanted bow tie on their vehicle because they they ain't straight. <laughs> uh, don't let me lose you. I'm just joking today. I don't care what you're driving. Jesus don't either as long as it gets you to church, right? <laughs> uh, don't lose out with God because I'm joking, okay? That's a logo. That's a concept. When I was a kid, my mama took me to McDonald's on... 84, they just opened a new McDonald's, and they were just doing this pro, this uh, giveaway, and I walked up to the counter, and I was so proud. Man, I bowed out my chest, and I said, now, Mama, to all be faithful, so I thought she put the finger over her new bun. And I got a free Big Mac. Why? Because I said two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. And I said it in under however long it was, and they gave me a free Big Mac. That's one of the best slogans they could have come up with, right? It's a concept. It's an idea. In the beginning was this concept. In the beginning was this idea. What, what was the idea? God wanted a bride. He wanted somebody to worship Him that He didn't make worship Him. He wanted somebody that would worship Him because they loved Him. He had this concept that He would make man. He had this idea. And the Bible says, in the beginning was this concept. It was with God and it was with Him so much it was Him. Everything about God was consumed by this concept. I mean, He's God. He can do what He wants to do. He's God. He can create what He wants to create. And in the mind of God, He looked at the end, because that's what He does. He looks at the end from the beginning and He said, I want a bride. Read your Bible. That's what happens at the end. The church goes and marries God. And he said, well, if I do that, they're going to fall, but I'm going to make them anyway. And all things were made by him. By who? By the word, the concept, the logos, the, the part of God that made him God created everything. And the Bible says, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. That's what we just read in Acts chapter 17. We were talking about the light. That's what we read in 2 Corinthians 4. We're talking about the light. We're talking about turning the light on. We're talking about proclaiming Jesus. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Darkness cannot comprehend light. It don't understand it. It knows it's there. It, it realizes that it's there, but it doesn't comprehend it. It, do, it doesn't understand it. It doesn't own it. Darkness don't own light. And the enemy's trying to convince the church that it's too late for revival. The enemy's trying to convince the church that it's too dark a day to have church. The devil is a liar. 
They want it more now than they've ever wanted it before. They want deliverance more now than they've ever wanted deliverance. They're looking for the light more now than they've ever looked for the light. There was a man, verse 6, sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Here we go again. He was there. He was available, but he was unknown. He was there. It was possible to know who he was, and yet they were blinded. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If you don't know him, you ain't none of his. If the light hasn't come on, you're not his. You can quote Acts 2.38 all you want, but if you don't have a relationship with the God of Acts 2.38, you're none of His. That's why the Bible says, if a man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of His. Being able to quote the Bible does not get us to heaven. Religion does not get us to heaven. you got to have a relationship with the God of heaven. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his, on his what? You mean it matters? His name matters? Stick that in your pocket. We'll come back to that in a minute. Which were born, <coughs> which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14 says, and the word, that concept, that idea, we've already read that you're going to see the glory of God where? In the face of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that entire concept of God became flesh. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I'm declaring him to us today. I'm declaring to us today, there's a God in heaven who has an expected end for every one of us in this building today. There's a God in heaven who has His eye on every one of us today. You may not know it. You may not understand it. But God brought all of us here today for a reason so the light could shine and we could see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 25 of our text, Neither... Is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything? Now, we raise our hands in worship. That's not what that's talking about. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Everybody say all things. Everything I have came from him. Even when I didn't know him. Even when I didn't know his name. 
Even when I thought I knew him, when I would lay in my rack on the USS Fulton and I would slur my prayers at night because I just got back from a tying one on and I'd lay in my rack and say, Jesus, I know you love me and I'm glad if I die and I'll see you. I'd have went to hell. I'd have busted it wide open. I didn't have a relationship with him. I accepted him as my personal Savior. Who am I to accept the God of heaven? The Bible says he's got to accept me. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Romans chapter 8. I thank God for Romans chapter 8. Because there's times in my living for Him that I go back to that unknownness. There's times when I fall and I fail and the enemy tells me, see there, you can't live for God. See there, you can't do nothing. See there, you're a failure. See there, you might as well go back. I'm glad Romans 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The devil got you down? The only way he could get you down is because you started walking after the flesh. Here's the remedy. I ain't going that way no more. I'm going back to God. You don't have to do penance. You have to do repentance. (laughs) Huh? All you got to do is come to an altar and say, God, I messed up. Will you forgive me? His mercy is new every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning. His mercy is new. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, I got to get in him. But the real truth is, I got to get him in me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. God wasn't sitting up on His throne. You know, I can't help Him. I just can't do it. I wish I could do it. I wish I could help them, but they're in the flesh, and I'm spirit, and I ain't nothing I can do. Boy, I messed up when I created them, didn't I? That's what the devil wants some people to think. That's what the enemy tells people is, God don't love you. God don't care about you. Let me tell you something, honey. God gave you the breath you're breathing right now. Do it again. God gave you that. Do it again. God gave you that. Do it again. God gave you that. Why? Because He loves you. Because He made you. Because He brought you to this place. That the Spirit, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Stop minding your flesh. Stop minding your flesh when it tells you go there and you know God don't want you to go there. Stop minding your flesh when your flesh says go to that website and you know God ain't pleased with that website. Stop minding your flesh when it says holler at your spouse. Or stop minding your flesh when it says just lay around today. You got no responsibility. Stop minding your flesh and start minding the Spirit when the Spirit says come on let's go to pre-service prayer. Start minding the Spirit when it says come on and let's go to another class. Start minding the Spirit when it says come on and pray. I'll meet you at the altar. Start minding the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded or to mind your flesh is death. But to be spiritually minded or to mind the Spirit is what? And what? Life and peace. Everybody say peace. That's all people want. That's all they're looking for, just a little peace. Could I just get some peace in this crazy, mad, mixed-up world? That's why they reach for the bottle. That's why they reach for the pill. That's why they reach for the syringe. But he brought us peace. But you can't get peace minding your flesh. you got to mind the spirit. Because the carnal mind, verse 7, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. I don't care how hard we try to live for God with our mind. We can't do it. we got to get in the Spirit. we got to get the Spirit in us. So then, verse 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, everybody say but, thank God, you're not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Everybody say, i got to have Him dwell in me. You can't live for God without the Spirit. You can't live for God without the indwelling. you got to have the Holy Ghost. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And here's the struggle. We still live in this flesh. And our flesh wants to do wrong, but our spirit, which is alive in Christ now, wants to do right. I got some good news for you. You're going to battle that till you die or Jesus comes. Don't that make you want to dance? Don't that make you want to shout? It don't make me want to shout because I know where this flesh wants to go. It's done been there. And it ain't going back by the grace and mercy of God. Hello, somebody. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Everybody say, I can do it with Him. I can't do it without Him. Verse 26, I'm declaring Jesus to us today. Verse 26, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Paul is telling these Athenians this. He made of one blood all nations of men. Everybody say, we all the same. We all bleed red. We all going to go somewhere when we're dead. Every one of us. Black, white, yellow, green, blue, purple, it don't matter. We all going to stand before God. And He made us that way. He made us all of one blood, all nations, to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God put you right where you are. And He put some boundaries around it. He determined that in this house, and in this house, because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is just where we all meet. But if there ain't some walls, we talked about this today. If there ain't some walls around your habitation, the enemy's going to come in. The enemy's going to come in and he's going to steal, kill, and destroy. Galatians chapter 3. 
Verses 15 through 29. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if I be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and two seeds. Everybody say plural. Abraham didn't have but two seeds. The stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. But they was the same. In God's eyes, they was the same. It wasn't plural. It was children of God. It was his inheritance. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and to seeds of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Verse 17, And this I say, that the covenant was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of no effect. In the beginning was the Word. And God knew in the beginning He was going to have to robe Himself in flesh and come hang on a cross and shed His blood for our sins. All of those years of them walking around in the wilderness did not negate that. It had to happen. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. We walk by what? Faith. Why? Because we got a promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, because we was serving the flesh. So he had to give us something to try to keep us until the fullness of time came when God could send forth his Son. You with me today? I'm proclaiming Jesus today. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is... Come on, shout it out. You know it. God is... How many is God? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is... Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, and all thy might. But there's still only one. How many's glad you know there's only one God? How many's glad to know there's only one God? How many glad you got the revelation that there's only one God? Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin. Everybody say, I was a sinner. But I've been saved by grace that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. And that's what some of us are doing today. We're here and we're not where we need to be, but we're shut up unto where our faith wants us to be. We're in the habitation God has put us in. And friend, if you'll stick to the house of God and the Word of God and the people of God, you'll get to where God meant you to be. You can't do it by yourself. you got to have help. Wherefore, verse 24, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. you got to have faith in Jesus. If you don't have faith in Jesus, you're not going to make it. And if you don't have a relationship with Him, you're not going to have faith in Him. 
For as many of as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When we baptize somebody in Jesus' name, I'll just give you my testimony. It's the only one I know 100%. When they baptized, when Brother Bowman baptized me in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins, I felt God for the first time in my life. I didn't know you could feel God. Man, I about freaked out. This whole <laughs> I about freaked out. I was like, Ooh! I went to screaming in that baptistry. I felt it. I felt it. Because I had religion, but I didn't have him. What did I get in that baptistry? I got him on me. Everybody say, on me. I've seen people get Jesus all over them. Man, he'd be all over them. They'll get the stammering lips, man. You'll see the Holy Ghost goosebumps get all over them. It'll, it'll be poking up through their shirt, man. You see, <laughs> you know, they'll have so much Holy Ghost on them, it'll be on them, but it ain't got in them yet. He don't just want to be on you. He don't want to just give you a good feeling. That's something about an addict, ain't it? It ain't good enough to get it on you. You got to get it in you. And Jesus ain't good enough to get on you. You got to get him in you. If you ain't got the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You know why we're all here? Because we all need Jesus. It don't matter if we Brother Slaughter. It don't matter if we Brother Tony. It don't matter if we're Sister Tracy in New York. <laughs> we all need Jesus. But we don't need him on us. We need him in us. Too many people got Jesus on them. And they need to get Jesus in them. Because if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Verse 27 of our text, Paul went on to say that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. I got good news for you. Look over on your right. Look to the right. Now look to the left. Somewhere around there is Jesus. Matter of fact, Everywhere around there's Jesus. He's everywhere. It don't matter how dark a night you get in, Jesus is there. It don't matter how high of a great day you're having, Jesus is there. It don't matter if you know Jesus is there or not, Jesus is there. Jesus is everywhere. But one place. We have to receive him into us. He'll get on us, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to make his way. Well, God, God, make me speak in tongues. He ain't going to make nobody speak in tongues. God, I want to speak in tongues. When you put that old, run, most unruly member on the altar and let Jesus get in you, you can't help but speak in tongues. Somebody kill that squirrel. We ain't got time for that today. Verse 27 that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, We then as workers together with Him beseech ye also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Verse 2, For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now, everybody say now. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now, everybody say now. 
Now is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues, today's the day to do it. If you're here and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you've never been sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise, you don't need to leave here today without praying through to the Holy Ghost. Maybe you got the Holy Ghost one time and you've had a little trouble since then. Let me tell you something. He ain't mad at you. He's not trying to get you to leave. He's trying his best to get you to come to an altar. Why? Because he wants to get back inside of you. Why? Because you can't live for him without him. For in, verse 28, Paul said, for in him, everybody say Jesus, for in him we live and move and have our being. In the beginning was the word, the concept. The idea, the very being of God. What are you being? What am I being? Is my being consumed with the idea and the concept that God wants me to be? Or am I being consumed with the concept and the idea that I want to be? You can't have both. You can't be both. Some people get in trouble. They want to straddle the fence. A little bit of the world and a little bit of church. A little bit of the world and a little bit of church. There's only one problem with straddling the fence. You're going to come to a post one day, and you're going to have to make a choice. And if you straddle the fence long enough, you're going to choose with your flesh every time. Every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus Christ. If you're going to be reconciled to God, you're going to be reconciled to him by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 19, to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Let's stand. The music can come today. I have one job today. My job today is to present to you Jesus Christ. Your job today is to be reconciled with him if you're not. My job, I'm sure it could have been done better. I'm sure it could have been said better. I did my best. My job was to present Jesus. See, I got two jobs today. Because I got to be reconciled with him too. I got to go to the altar too. I have to live this before I can preach it. Be ye reconciled to God. This is why Jesus came to a man named Nicodemus. When Nicodemus came to him and said, we know you're a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest except God 
be with him, Jesus came back to him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was in his mind. He wasn't in his spirit. He was in his mind. He said, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? I'm pretty sure Brother Joby's glad he didn't have to go be born again that way. He's glad he's here running around. We're not going to try to get him born again. We're praying that his sister shows up. <laughs> Whatever's healthy, God, we want your will. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Here's the thing about living for God. You're not going to see it until you do it. You're not going to enter it until you do it. People can sit on the outside and look at us and say, man, them apostolics, they some weird folks. They run the aisles. They snatch your kids up off the floor and fling them up toward the ceiling while they're. <laughs> they were some strange people. If you had known me before he found me, I'm a peculiar person. Huh? I might be peculiar. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must, everybody say must, be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound. Everybody say heareth the sound. Thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. When we're born of the Spirit, we're not going to know where it comes from when it comes. We're not going to know where it goes when it goes. But we'll hear the sound. We'll hear the sound that lets us know the Holy Ghost is in the house. How many remember when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? How many remember the last time you saw somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? You heard a sound. You felt it. You feel the wind. You didn't know which way he came in the building. You just knew, hey, he's here. Woo! He's here. Nicodemus answered and said, How can these things be? And this was Jesus' response. You're a master in Israel and knowest not these things? Here was Nicodemus' problem. He was serving an unknown God. He was following the rituals. He was following the letter of the law. He was doing his best in the flesh. Nicodemus was a good guy. I'm not knocking Nicodemus at all, but he didn't know God. He didn't know the plan of God. He didn't know the salvation of God. Are you a master of Israel and knowest not these things? What things? All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, everybody say the name, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe how many things? 
all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We don't handle snakes, and we don't drink strychnine. Okay? (laughs) There ain't no box up under here. Bless your heart. But we do lay hands on the sick, and they do recover. We do speak with new tongues. If I'm at work crawling under a house and a viper bites me, I don't think it'll hurt me. I got the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not going to crawl over to him and say, hey, buddy, you sure a cute little thing. But it's in there. But we ain't going to take them up. (laughs) Uh, uh, Just making that clear today. So where was this command? You know where I'm going if if you know your Bible. But what if you don't, Nicodemus? What if nobody's ever showed you Jesus, Nicodemus? What if nobody's ever showed you that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the place where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was men from every nation there going, these men are drunk. Yeah, they were drunk. they just not drunk as you suppose. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. And Peter preached them under conviction. Peter said, He was here and you didn't know Him. He was unknown to you. And you crucified your Savior. And they got convicted and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered unto them, What? Come on, help me. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. What? Oh, it don't say that? It did say in the name, didn't it? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Wait a minute. They didn't know Him. You mean He'll call somebody that don't know Him? Who else is He going to call? Who else is the call of God to but them that don't know Him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You had a preacher today do his best to show you Jesus. You had a preacher do his best today to tell you, you got to change how you think if you're going to live this way. You got to repent. You got to change your thinking. You got to realize, man, that's, I, I never, wow. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I got baptized four times in the titles. 
All I did was get wet. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. They're titles. It said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But it's only one name. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. You'll only find they baptize one way. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord. I'm not, uh, we're going to go there because somebody don't know him. God would not have given me this message if somebody here today didn't know him. I'll show you where I got in. Acts chapter 19. That's where a lot of us got in. I love God. My mama raised me to love Jesus. I just didn't know who he was. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, found certain disciples. And he asked them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? And I'm asking you that. Have you received the Holy Ghost, like the Bible says, evidenced by speaking in other tongues? And they answered, We have not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And when, when he found out they hadn't got the Holy Ghost, his only other question was, Well, how then were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized under John's baptism unto repentance. Paul said, man, that's awesome. That's great. You did everything you knew to do, but you forgot one thing. John said that you should believe on him that should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, whew, I'm feeling him again. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of of the Lord. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. I'm not trying to take a long time today. I've been longer than I've been in a long time. And I'm not trying to, to stretch this out. But God's in here. I feel Him in here. And I hope you feel Him in here. And if, you, if you're feeling something you ain't never felt before, we ain't got some special powder. We don't got some special spray. That's God. Maybe you're where I was. You didn't know you could feel him. You think it feels good on you. Wait till you get him in you. Wait till you get him inside of you. And when you wake up, he's already there. And when you lay down at night, he's already there. And when you get in that problem, he's already there. He ordered your steps there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You knew I was going to be here, but you're with me. <laughs> I can't do this without him. And you can't either. These altars are open. I wish, I wish we would all gather around the altar because I don't know who here don't have the Holy Ghost. I don't know who here hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you were baptized in the titles, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Bible study. I'll show you in the Bible. Four times people were baptized. All four times it was in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you thought you knew Jesus. I'm not condemning you. I was there myself. 
I'm just trying to show you what the Bible says. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of faith to let you know you can do this. You can do this. He wants to fill you 